That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. Jazz beat the Grizzlies tonight 103-94. to Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz shot 40% from the field tonight, 34.3% from three, 12 of uh, 35. Uh, they were led by Bogdanovich, 33 points tonight on 12 of 20 shooting. Donovan Mitchell, 7 of 22 shooting. He added 20 points. Rudy Gobert with 13. Double-double for Rudy, 13 and 13. Royce O'Neal with uh, 10 points, Coach. Bench scoring uh, still uh, a little uh, a little bit lin- limited. Joe Ingles with 6. Jeff Green with 6. Dante Exton with 5. And Emmanuel Moutier with 2. Uh, but uh, overall, Coach, the, the top two guys, Bogdanovich and Donovan, really carried the team tonight. They ca- offensively, they were getting the ball in rhythm, and the Jazz teammates recognized the, the hot hand by Boyan, and they were throwing tremendous passes on time, on target. And then Boyan showcased his all-around game and his uh, savvy ball skills by catching in rhythm, pulling up jump shots, hitting over the top of three points, uh, three-point defenders, and then catch-and-go driving and getting to the foul line. So he was absolutely sensational. Uh, the, the Grizzlies had no answer for him on, on their defense, and he didn't cooperate when they tried to be physical. He dropped the shoulder. What's interesting about Boyan, Jake, is that he is one tough guy as far as uh, his, his body strength, and that guys bounce off him when they try to play up on him. All right, let's throw things back over to Memphis where Quinn Snyder is at the podium. That your guys have in each other? Well, you know, I, they, they have that. Um, I think they trust each other on defense. Um, I thought Royce really set a tone for us. And, you know, it showed him getting that, that last shot um, to really put the game away. Um, you know, Boyan, I thought um, the first half we were all kind of forcing ourselves on the game a little bit and that didn't that didn't happen the second half guys really looked for each other and I thought Mike made some great hustle plays too one offensive rebound kept the ball alive you know the, 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 all, all the way around we had everybody with a lot of energy on defense you guys consciously say okay we're going to keep going to Boyan he got hot we're just going to keep giving him the ball um, I, I think that that our team it's part of what we're figuring out is that on different points in the game, you know, different guys have opportunities to impact. And, you know, it's a credit to, to our players that they are feeling the game that way. And in that case, you know, obviously tonight, um, Boyan was, was that guy. And I thought Mike did a terrific job kind of calling the game and, and uh, knowing where he wanted to go with the ball. Are times any different with a veteran team like this as you guys hash over adjustments? And that sort of thing? Um, you know, I, we, we felt like there was a couple things we could do better. Um, you know, the, defensively, uh, we had a couple breakdowns, um, but just needed to 
pick our level up. We didn't hit shots. We really didn't. When we got in the paint, we weren't very good uh, in the paint. And that, that can be a little deflating. So, um, yeah, with, with a group like this, um, you know, I, I think it was something that they knew they were going to figure out, and they did. And to the extent that, you know, you direct them, I, I think everybody knew, coaches and players alike, that we could play better, and, and they went out and competed and did. There you go. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking about challenging his players at halftime, coach. And whatever he said and whatever tone he used to say it, it certainly got through to the players as the energy level was uh, uh, drastically better in the second half. Well, the Jazz are a mature team. And so they realized that they were disappointed in their performance. They let the Grizzlies throw them around to the floor in the first half. The counterpunch was halftime to regroup. Uh, Quinn Snyder is very analytical and calm. But with that said, I'm sure he said some choice words to them about they're not playing to their potential and the leadership of Donovan Mitchell. Even though Donovan's only 23 years young, he's a leader. And Mike Conley's been there and Rudy absolutely also. And so collectively, they all band together led by Royce O'Neal's defense. And that's a big, that was a big part of it, how Royce played defense, and they were able to get themselves going. And then the Grizzlies co- uh, cooperated by taking ill-advised shots. So it was the perfect storm. Jazz more aggressive, and the Grizzlies, what, ill-advised shooting. How, uh, and this is kind of a personal curiosity question, Coach, how did Jerry Sloan handle halftimes like that where his team was underachieving against a team they should be beating and kind of needed to snap out of it? How did he choose usually to handle those sorts of things? With intensity. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And the team responded literally 90, I'm guessing right now, 95% of the time the team responded. And that's, uh, again, it's everyone's personality. You, you coach to your strengths. Also, you coach to your team leaders. And so Rudy's emotional. That's a compliment to Rudy. So maybe Quinn or the coaching staff might get on Rudy. Because he can take it. And maybe Donovan's been around sports his whole life, led by his father. So if you get on Donovan, he can take it. And Mike Conley is a a veteran. So it's how you communicate. And communicate sometimes, Jake, could be body language. So it's not not only the spoken word. Sometimes it's very effective when it's your body language towards a player. The Jazz are a good bunch of guys, philosophically, and they responded. They know they didn't play well in the first half. And Jake, this is actually a big win for the Jazz. This yeah, they sounds, needed it. What are you, crazy? You're playing in Memphis Grizzlies. And by the way, if you're a Grizzlies fan, they come here to Salt Lake City next Saturday night again. Rerun here in Salt Lake City, the Grizzlies. For the third time third in a time what, yeah three third time period. already mm-hmm. and so it's, it's it's a rerun and soon and so enjoy it right now the the better team won and the the, the catchword is absolutely uh, unit all right, let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. And I've got the uh, uh, the total points in the paint numbers here, Coach. Uh, outscored Jazz outscored by the Grizzlies 52-48. to 48. But I would guess that Memphis did most of that damage in the paint in the first half. The Jazz much better in the second half, keeping them out of the paint on the dribble drives, as well as uh, Valanciunas did some damage in there, but they were better against him in the second half as well. And the points in the paint with the Jazz adjusted where better on-ball defensively, there were positional help, and offensively, Boyan Bondanovich was a paint resident. 
So Jake, I know Jake. Sometimes you you, uh, you think you you think you're Van Gogh when you're painting some stuff. But Boyan von Weibich was like Van Gogh, where he's in the paint and he was in that area of making place. So the jazz kept him out of the paint, and Boyan was was in was in the painted area. And so was Mike Conley. Mike Conley, his numbers doesn't show, but he played a very smart game as far as penetrating and handling the ball to make plays. And Donovan threw some great passes to Rudy, also rolling to the basket. Paint scoring is not only a uh, 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 as far as being in the area, is how you finish uh, finish low in front of the rim too. Jazz winners tonight over the Memphis Grizzlies, one hundred three to ninety four. And of course, when the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you a free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free large, extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code Utah Jazz. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. One hundred three to ninety four is your final. Coming up next, get you more sound from the locker room, and we'll get more breakdown from coach as well go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 subaru outback available now at mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz learn more at markmillersubaru.com more jazz game night post game show coming up next here on the jazz radio network Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Grizzlies 103-94. We'll take you back to Memphis and uh, the locker room coming up here momentarily. But, Coach, let's uh, check out the assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz uh, had 18 assists on 38 made field goals. They were led by uh, Mike Conley, who had four, Royce O'Neal had four, and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell added three apiece. Tonight, uh, not necessarily high assist numbers, Coach. I think a lot of that had to do with the, the first half. We talked about how they weren't making those passes in the first half and kind of more looking out for number one. In the second half, I call it the partnership of ball sharing. They shared the ball as partners, everybody. They found the hot hand. It's interesting, Jake, that all five starters in the Jazz tonight had assists, so which means that as a unit collectively, they were trying to uh, ball share, and they were able to find the, the hot hand in Boyan Bondanovich, and then Rudy also rim-rolling to the basket. Rudy, uh, Donovan Mitchell did a good job at penetrating, and so did Mike Conley, and finding finding the open either uh, – perimeter shooter or rim roller to the basket. So the Jazz, whenever they share the ball, only good things happen. The low number of assists was because of the first half where they held the ball way too long. The physicality of the Grizzlies defense, the Jazz came to the Jazz came around in the second half. They turned they turned they turned it up five notches with a defense led to offense and ball sharing. Donovan Mitchell with three assists, and you heard Locke talk about this uh, during the broadcast. He was bothered he didn't have any assists against the Pacers the other night, so he certainly was uh, out to correct that. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, let's go back to Memphis, where Donovan is addressing the media. You know, honestly, I, f- I feel like you know there are times where you know I'm going to have the hand, hot hand. He's going to find me, and vice versa. You know, but like I said, when it gets to a point, you know, he 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 locks in and you know knocks shots down. So it's it's easy just to kind of run plays and just give him the ball as much as possible. 
what happened at halftime? Nothing. We just knew we were better than what we were showing. You know, we were going to be fine, and we didn't overreact. You know, I think some teams kind of would overreact. You know, it's easy to um, kind of going 0-2 to start the road trip, you know, gloomy, kind of, you know, like that kind of feel. But we, we came out, and, you know, they, they punched first, and we, we punched back. Perhaps that conversation is different with such a veteran team than, like, your own I think it's just a matter of feeling. I think for me, I, I think my approach, obviously, for me, for just was like, you know what, we've been here. You know, we know we're better. We know we can execute better, and we're going to shoot better. I think we were at a point in time where we were shooting 28% from the field or something crazy like that. So, um, you know, we're going to be better than that. And, you know, for us, just to continue to guard and continue to do what we do. You kind of, I think you had problems with your mid-range game kind of early and you tried to find it a little bit late, but kind of what, what were you seeing out there? Trash. <laughs> um, no, I just, just missed. I got probably 90% of the looks I wanted, just not falling, you know, and, you know, in the other years, you know, it would have been continue to shoot, but now you don't really have to when you, you got ball young. So I'm not really dwelling on it. Just, just take the same shots, you know, I'm going to continue to take them because I was making them before, you know, I just started missing them a few times, but, you know, it's a big balance of knowing when to stop and when to find guys, which I think I've done a better job at, but, you know, I'm going to continue to take the same shots. Um, they'll fall eventually. Does a win like this even give you even more momentum going on the road? I think so. I think especially with this back-to-back coming up, you know, guys kind of just energized, you know, I think. Uh, we just come in with a different vibe, and you know it's different going in 0-3. You know, um, but we're, we're we're energized. You know, the whole the locker room is upbeat. You know, you can tell, and you know we're we're, we're feeling confident. How about having Ed back? Ah, great to have Ed back. You know, he didn't look like he was tired. You know, and I think that's that's the biggest thing coming back, being off four weeks. Um, usually, kind of like a little bit winded. He was doing his thing. Saw you swap jerseys. What do you think yeah. of him? And um, I'm a fan. You know, I, I told him that, and I think for, I kind of want to get that jersey built for it. You know, kind of want to get it before you know it takes off, and, and you know he becomes all big time now. I'm playing, but um, he's he's a talented player, man. You know, he didn't really he struggled in the first a little bit, but then came back in the clutch. And you know, for me, seeing that as a as a rookie, a guy who wants to come in and take those shots and be able to make those plays, it's it's uh it's it's huge. You know, for that team especially. You know, and I really respect that. Donovan, what is Mike able to do even on? nights maybe when things aren't going well for him offensively? Um, he does a lot. You know, you look at the crucial plays, you know, to start the quarter with a rebound um, and then kick out to me for three, to pick up full court, you know, just being able to take time off the clock and be able to to, to kind of energize us. He was really the spark. You know, obviously the stats are going to show Boyan and, and everybody else doing their thing, but Mike is the reason, you know. We usually preach getting back in transition, but for our point guard to get two offense, big offensive rebounds to start, I think that's that's huge, and that's that's the example he gives. And then it's not always about you know being able to have a great night from the field. You know he's done so many different things. He's put guys in the right spots. He understood where guys need to be. He understood Boyan had the hot hands. We kept running stuff, and then he's he's great at telling guys you know where to be and, and being able to um, kind of lead us. People know how important defensive Rudy is in the paint for you guys defensively, but what importance does you guys having kind of consistent? annoying ball pressure? Well, it, it, it helps. I want to make Rudy's life easier. You know, you can't put it all on him. It makes it just it allows us to go out there and you know, continue to, to, to make him struggle. You know, I think there was a possession didn't really turn into much where we forced it. We forced him kind of almost into a turnover in the backcourt. You know, just being able to be a pest. It gets annoying after a while, you know, to continue to have to do that after over and over and over again. And, you know, I think we have a team that takes pride in that for sure. 
That was Donovan Mitchell. And uh, Donovan tonight coached 20 points on 7 of 22 shooting. One thing I, I found very interesting he talked about right there was, you know, in, in seasons past when he wasn't necessarily shooting at his best or, or shots weren't falling, there was really, you know, he just had to keep shooting. There was really no other option. He, he uh, referred tonight to Bogdanovich, who was red hot, got 20 shots of his own and uh, could carry that weight in the fourth quarter and lift the Jazz to that victory. And Mike Conley's rock steady. So besides not panicking Donovan as far as taking jump shots, maybe too quick or with a, a defensive player hanging on his body, with Mike Conley there directing traffic and the uh, ball movement and Boyan Bondanovich being a knockdown shooting artist, it takes so much of the mental pressure away from Donovan. So all three of those guys, Jake, also add to that, they're knockdown uh, foul shooters. So when they get foul in a penalty, it's an extra points for them. Ed Davis. Five five rebounds, and it seems so trivial, but it's not because he did a good job of, in the second unit of being a screener. Some of Bondanovich's uh, catch-and-shoot jump shots was because of uh, Ed Davis setting a willing and timely screen. So it's not one thing, it's everything. When a team, an NBA teams win consistently, it's, it's the combination of so many factors that are able to go into a winning, especially road games. The Jazz only have five turnovers tonight. And we talked about it, you and I in the pregame. That was huge as far as uh, passing the ball, but also the lack of turnovers by the Jazz. Huge, huge factor. I'd have to double check, but I think that's a season low because turnovers have uh, have been a problem, been uh, been an issue. And uh, the Jazz were very good there. They were uh, also very good on the offensive glass tonight, Coach, uh, coming away with eleven offensive rebounds, still uh, giving up fifteen offensive rebounds to the Memphis Grizzlies, but uh, perhaps a little progress there having to do with Ed Davis coming back who had uh, five boards in just 12 minutes. Also had an assist to steal and five well-earned fouls, Coach. And those fouls were really uh, physical fouls. Where he, he hit a tough cover because he's trying to take on uh, Jaron Jackson, who's really a, a, a large target at the dotted area as far as trying to post up. So he's trying to two-step him, half-front him, and the ref calls some fouls on him. But the point was that he took away the direct line pass in the paint. And that was a factor for the Jazz. Winning road games, Jake, you got to protect the ball. And the Jazz did tonight. Those five turnovers. And in the second half, add to that, there was only one second half turnover. So that's whether passing turnover, no legal screens as far as uh, moving magnets. The Jazz did a good job of valuing the possession. And it, it, a, it was a hard-fought victory against a team. Even though the Grizzlies lost now six in a row, you get the feeling, Jake, that they are competitive. Oh, I think there's there's some, and we talked a lot about this in the pregame, I, I think there's some young pieces to this Grizzly team. I mean, they're not going to challenge for the playoffs this year. That's just not going to happen. But if you've got John Morant, you've got Valanciunas, who, who's six years in the league, I believe, coaches, is certainly not uh, an old veteran. Uh, Jaron Jackson, I think, is a nice piece. Brooks, I think, is a nice piece. Clark is a nice piece. And they're all young. And so they're not going to be there yet. And I don't know if all those young pieces will make it, you know, two, three years from now. They may try to parlay them into some other things. But as far as, you know, having pieces to build around going forward, you could start in a lot worse places than where the Memphis Grizzlies are this year. Very much. And let's go back to the second Valachunas. I like about him, Jake, is that he's got soft hands. When he gets the ball in the painted area, whether it's a direct pass or, or a pass-off on dribble penetration, his hands are ready. And if you notice, when he gets the offensive rebound, 
He never gets the ball stripped. So when he gets the rebound, he keeps the ball above his shoulders. And that's something that Rudy Gobert is still trying to evolve into. Where you, When you rebound the ball for a stick back, keep the ball above your shoulders minimum, if not your head. And that's Valachunas. He's got some toughness. And he's, he's a big part of, as they go forward, with uh, John Morant. Uh, they have, a, they have a, a really superior young point guard with a, with a talented big guy. Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Tonight's Master of the Glass, as usual, Rudy. Gobert, 13 total boards coach, four offensive rebounds, and Rudy certainly had a nice second half as well. Finished the game with 13 total points, 13 boards, three assists to go along with uh, two block shots. And the way Rudy changes the game defensively, coach, is just something to be admired. He takes away the dribble penetration, and a lot of times when they are in the painted area, they quick shoot and arm shoot it versus what? Rhythm shoot. And you can tell, Jake, when it, when the John Morant-type people who are major talent, they don't really turn their shoulder as far as putting to the basket. Their shoulder's only half sideways because there's a concern about Rudy's length. Rudy is a motivated defensive player. That he is, His length is challenging, but also he gives early help rebounding when there's dribble drive penetration by his te- by his floor mates Rudy follows plays he has eyes on the basket so that when a shot is missed he get he's able to clean it up and get stick back rebounds and that's a huge con- uh, factor for the Jazz with the sh- initial shots missed you want your rebounders to reward the, the drivers by by get by, by getting the second chance points the Jazz did a better job in the second half of scoring scoring in the paint versus the first half where they outplayed by the Grizzlies uh, we were talking about Valanciunas' nice game. Speaking of rebounding, he had 22 points tonight. But uh, he had 17 boards, Coach, and three block shots, by the way, but uh, eight offensive rebounds for Valanciunas. He's just a, he's a high-effort guy. High-effort? Again, he plays big. Now, if you think about it, Jake, he's not really the, the most, vertical cal- most vertical guy in the NBA. But what he is, though, is that he's motivated. He's a, we call it a hip-to-hip rebounder. When, he, when he's in the lane, he goes at the opposition player's hips and tries to drive him off the boards. Likewise, when they take away his hip game, he has enough footwork to try to angle around him. What do you want to do, Jake? Just like in the NFL, when they try to block you, you've got to play off that blocking situation. When you're in the when you're in the painted area, when they try to put a body on you, you have to have footwork to try to maneuver around. Whether it's a stra- uh, whether it's a uh, we call it straight slash or whether it's what a uh, hook reverse, you just can't lay on the guy's body. You've got to try to outmaneuver him, and that's Valchunas. All right, coming up right around the corner, we'll get you more sound from the locker room as the Jazz beat the Grizzlies tonight, 103-94. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Again, your final, 103-94. Jazz beat the Grizz. We'll have more for you coming up next. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Grizzlies tonight, one o three ninety four, behind a big time performance from Boyan Bogdanovich, thirty three points on twelve of twenty shooting, eight rebounds, two assists. He also added a steal uh, to go along with it. And I, I feel like talking about Bogdanovich, coach, I, I feel so redundant, but every night he seems to just uh, redrive home the point that he can do everything. He's not just a, a spot-up shooter. He's a playmaker. He's a ball handler. He had eight boards tonight. He's he's good on the rebounds. He's tough. Uh, he plays tough defense. He's fine to switch on to bigger players. I mean, he's just such a well-rounded basketball player. What an acquisition for the Jazz in the offseason. Wiry strong. He has that symphony of scoring skills where he can beat you off the dribble. He can shoot over the top of you. He catch and go drive to the basket. One of the better cutters in the NBA with that velocity where he drops that shoulder on wide screening action and comes flying off it. Or with a Rudy Gobert on a dribble handoff game, he catches in rhythm and he's got that. He points his shoulders to the basket. Most shooters, when they point their shoulders to the basket, the, the degree of, of accuracy is increased tremendously, and that's him, that he squares his shoulders, and that's why he's such a, a wonderful shooter. Well, I, I particularly enjoyed that step back three he hit when he got switched. I think it was Jaron Jackson that got switched onto him, and he kind of reset coach, backed up, sized up uh, Jackson, and then uh, acted like he was going to drive and hit him with the step back. I mean, it was just, it was just gorgeous. And he can he uh, he can shoot the lights out. There's no doubt about it. But he can he can do just about everything else, and did tonight. And does take the you know not to repeat ourselves from last segment, but the, it it takes a ton of pressure off of Donovan Mitchell and it takes pressure off of uh, off of Mike Conley nice to have another guy out there that can go for 30 this is the fourth game this year he's gone for 30 points or more coach and let's forecast out in playoff basketball you need three scorers and Bondanovich Donovan Mitchell and a half of Rudy Gobert and a half of Mike Conley and so as the Jazz go forward in a playoff type situation you need you need a third scorer to win by one on the road in a playoff game, and that's Bondanovich. He can get 30 in a, in a rainstorm on a playoff game against good defense because he has an arsenal of, a, of scoring skills. Tonight's game was a classic example where the Jazz, they saw what was going on, and everyone was willing to give the ball up in rhythm to help this guy score because he had it rolling. And it's so much fun when the... Shot guards of making are on your side, and that was uh, Boyan tonight. And the Jazz, they played a great second half on both sides of the ball, and Bondanovich was the closer, and that's what the Jazz need besides Donovan Mitchell. Now they have two closers. All right, let's throw things back to Memphis where Mike Conley is addressing the media. I couldn't make a shot, so I was, you got to do something. So, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm a basketball player by trade, so I was just in the paint, just trying to, you know, tip the ball out, trying to make plays and, uh, and create opportunities for, for our guys. What was the mentality like in the locker room at halftime and then how you guys were able to just rally on that run? Uh, well, I love the way we came out in the third with, you know, you could tell by the way we picked up, you know, the very first possession. We were we were trying to be the aggressor, and uh, we didn't do that in the first half. We, we definitely kind of just just walked into the game and didn't really come with the same intensity. So uh, we saw what we were capable of doing, and it just got contagious throughout the whole team. Was there something that switched? Uh, man, really, you know, Coach didn't say much at halftime. You know, he, he came in and showed us a few clips, and, 
told us that you know we're better than that. So we went out there and um, yeah, I think we played like it. Um, Mike, you read, read that first initial run to stabilize the game. It's very important because you know a team, a team like Memphis, you know, with so many young guys and, and they get feeling really, really good, or they get a couple buckets and go up twenty. You know, instead of us cutting the lead down to ten or five, um, can blow the game open and uh, make it a tough night. So I was proud of the way that we came out and, and you know kind of shut the water off and uh, got back to what we do. Mike, your rebounding numbers are up this year. Are you kind of changing as a player a little bit? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm changing and molding with the team a little bit. Uh, they, I've been asked to rebound a little bit more. I've been asked to, you know, just just make make plays whatever way I can, and um, and I mean, I'm getting used to spacing and being without the ball, and just different things are going on. So I'm just hey, I'm just free flowing it and uh, and figuring it out. How does that to figure out, I guess, when you want to improvise and when you kind of want to follow the instructions of the play? Or right. I, you know, I think it's a feel. You know, there's times in the games where you, know, you got a run going and, you know, a guy uh, shoots a deep three, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to go get this one because if we get this ball, we can go to lead from 10 to 13 or 7 to 10. But I wouldn't do it if it was, you know, a tighter game, two-point game, and we've just given up six straight points. You don't want to give up another wide-open three by going in there and crashing or going for a steal. So I think those are the times to just kind of have to make an educated guess on it. So. Is the same true with, like, cutting off the ball versus kind of staying spaced? Yeah, all of that. Um, all of that is, is true, especially with this team. We have so many weapons that it's, it's almost, you know, it's hard sometimes because you don't know when to do what, you know, because you want to let Bogey go, you want to let Don go, and there's times where I got the ball, you know, you just – just trying to figure out where everybody is in the court and, and, and if you want to cut into their way or not, you know. So um, we're learning that, and, and I think we're, you know, we just got to continue to work. Coach, elaborate on what Mike was, was talking about a little bit there, kind of the changes coming to the Utah Jazz and learning those things, when to free flow, when to, to kind of be by the book. And uh, what's he talking about there, and how hard is that for players to do? It's difficult. So Mike Conley at Memphis, his role was as the point guard. He had the ball literally eight-tenths of the time to make plays. And, uh, and, but he's pass-happy. So he's ball-dominant, but wasn't shot-dominant. So he would pass the ball. Now with the Jazz, there's less opportunities, especially on the second side of the floor, because Donovan has a great dribble game in the painted area, and so does Boyan Bondanovich. So Mike Conley has to figure out when to space opposite, when to come towards the ball without getting into a Donovan or Boyan or Royce O'Neal's uh, uh, dribble drive space. And so it's reading. It's, uh, it's getting a feel for the game. Rebounding the ball for a guard is absolutely critical. And it makes Donovan and Mike Conley so interesting because both those guys can rebound. So in, in jazz basketball, if there's so many three-point shots taken by the opposition, a lot of rebounds come out high. And so that you've got to be able to have a chase-down game. Now, Rudy adds component to it as far as being a, a in-traffic rebounder. And so does Boyan Bondanovich. So Mike Conley got those two offensive rebounds to start the third quarter, and that gives the Jazz extra possessions. So the Jazz win going away. They get 11 offensive rebounds, and Mike Conley gets two of those. And so as the point guard, he, uh, he was able to see the ball come off the rim and then kick it out for the three-point shot after rebounding. He had seven total rebounds tonight, Coach. 
And he, he mentioned that there, that he's being asked to, to rebound a little bit more. And just, just subtle changes, it seems like he's getting used to it. Uh, we had him on the big show earlier this week, and he, he talked about feeling uh, a little bit more comfortable. But it is. It's, you know, the Jazz want to play with that blender, as the coaching staff calls it, as opposed to Mike having the ball in his hands and just dictating and direct, directing traffic. So, you know, I, I would imagine we're, we're kind of steadily seeing his numbers climb. These last two games uh, statistically haven't exactly been terrific, but maybe one of those things like seven boards, maybe that sticks out in your mind that he is doing what the coaching staff is asking him to do, even if it is out of his comfort zone. It's playing to win. You get the feeling that Jazz players have a winning spirit. So Boyan Bandanovich and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, all the guys in the team, they have a spirit about them. And when they're not as successful, whether it's their own self-infliction or the opposition didn't cooperate, they rally up, they rally. So the Jazz at halftime, they mentioned about uh, the co- uh, Coach Snyder was very, very uh, calm. The, the, the inner core, the leadership of the Jazz all got together and they, whether it's verbally or body language, they said enough is enough. We've got to what, go up, go kick it up now, three to four gears, and they did. And the Grizzlies cooperated by taking misguided shots. It was a, it's a, this is a solid win by the Jazz to try to stop that losing streak as they go to Toronto. Let's uh, get to the three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three, 13 of, or excuse me, 12 of 35, coach, 34.3%. Bogdanovich was the sharpshooter, obviously, tonight, four of eight from three. Royce O'Neal was two of four. Mike Conley, two of four. Donovan Mitchell, three of seven. And we haven't talked a ton about the bench tonight, coach. The bench struggled. They certainly struggled from three. Jeff Green, 0 of four with two air balls. Joe Ingles, 0 for five. Uh, Manuel Moutier, 0 of one. However, Dante Exum had the bench's only three-point field goal coach he was one of two and it was good to see him knock that one down certainly but the bench did not uh, did not play well tonight again coach well part of it is because of th- they struggle offensively in the first half in the second half uh Quinstein with with with, with more um not the not the bench as a group. They, he mixed and matched with some of the starters playing. So we had he had offensive firepower on the court. Getting back to the three point shooting, Jake at halftime, the Jazz go four for seventeen at ha- for halftime. In the second half, the Jazz make eight three point shots, and that was based on ball movement of. Uh, Defensively, getting an open floor in space, and just generally speaking, the Jazz were driving and kicking out to the corner or rebounding it. A lot of times, when you rebound the ball offensively, you get a, we call you get a scramble three. When the defense is scrambling, you kick it out to the corner, which which Mike Conley did and found Donovan in the early in the third quarter. That's a scramble three. And Donovan mentioned those shots and those plays in his post-game comments, how critical they were. And they really did it. That They went on, a, what was it, a 12-0 run to start the third quarter, Coach? And that just set the tone for that second half. It looked like an entirely different team right out of the gate in the third. And Memphis was kind of, you could tell they were a little dazed. Uh, because that was not the team that had, had played in the first half. I mean, the Jazz mustered 18 points in the second quarter, Coach, only 22 in the first, and couldn't throw it into the ocean. And the 
team in the second half just looked like a, a completely different ball club. And that C wave that the Jazz came uh, encountered in the second half was led by their defense. So a lot of times your defense ignites your offense, and the ball finds you in transition or broken plays, or or ball pops out to you because you're aggressive. And a team that's uh, plays lower in a game, in other words, lower where you're lower to the ground, most times the ball will pop out to you. And that was the Jazz, and that was Mike Conley. Those he got, he got gritty rebounds. That was Rudy in traffic uh, uh, with bodies flying at him. He kept the ball high. That was Donovan Mitchell. That was Boyan Bondanovich. Forget about all the points he scored. He got eight rebounds, and a lot of them were white with just grittiness. Jake, the, the, the bigger the game, the more physicality you have to rebound in traffic or win the foot race game, and the Jazz did in the second half. Jazz win 103-94. It's your Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll look forward to the Toronto Raptors. We'll also get coaches final thoughts on this one it's your jazz game night post game show on the jazz radio network they moved to 12 and 7 on the season they're 4 and 6 on the road they were led by boyan bogdanovich's 33 points on 12 of 20 shooting donovan mitchell with 20 points tonight on 7 of 22 shooting coach this road trip is is brutal of course milwaukee the best team in the east uh we saw the jazz go up against them on monday then they've got indiana certainly in the run for the playoffs in the eastern conference memphis this was uh, kind of the the easier game on this particular road trip now they have a back-to-back coming up sunday and monday sunday they'll take on the the Toronto Raptors, who right now sit in a tie for second place in the Eastern Conference. And then on Monday night, they'll play against uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, who are currently in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. By the way, Toronto and Philly both undefeated at home. Uh, but let's talk about the Toronto Raptors real quick, Coach. Uh, before the, the season started, you know, Kawhi Leonard leaves and you think, okay, well, they're coming back down to earth and they'll be a decent team, but certainly not a, a title contender. And then, lo and behold, Pascal Siakam takes a huge step in his development, averaging 26 points per game, Coach, and has been talked about uh, recently as an MVP candidate. He is playing that well, and it's going to be fun to see him take on the Jazz on Sunday. Very much. The first thing is that he'll win the award, Jake, as the most improved player in the NBA. So and he'll be an all-star. So he's most improved this year. He'll be an NBA all-star, and he's getting votes for as far as uh, getting votes for most valuable player. So that's positive. Jake, do you realize that the Raptors defending champion, they're playing without Kyle Lowry? Their spiritual leader and three-point shooter, he has a fractured left thumb. They're getting him back probably sometime next week, but he's out. Also, they're playing without Stanley Johnson, who's a uh, effective off-the-bench guy, and Patrick, Patrick McCaw. He's been injured. So with that said, Siakam has made that quantum leap as far as being a, a three-point shooter, driver to the basket. Here's some quick numbers. Shooting 39.3 from three, 82.4% from the foul line, 8.4 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 47.8 from the field, and you mentioned about 26 points a game. Oh, by the way, at New Mexico State, he was the 26th pick of the draft. So, Jake, you and I have talked for, for decades about, oh, 
after the first two, three picks in the draft, the other guys can't play. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Other guys can't play. And that's Siakam. New Mexico State. So he was at, he was out he's a, a whack conference guy and he's absolutely tremendous. Speaking of interesting, Fred Van Fleet wasn't even drafted. So their other guy that replaced Lowry, and when Lowry comes back, they'll play both guards together. Van Fleet, remember last year in the playoffs, Van Fleet was a second option. Yep. He went from being a, a not drafted to being the second option in the NBA Finals. This year he's averaging 18.3 points per game, 37.8 from three, 7.5 assists, which puts, which puts him... A tenth in the NBA in assist and 1.7 steals, which puts him at six, uh, six in the NBA as far as steals. And the last guy is OJ, uh, excuse me, OG on a Kobe who's a small forward like Pascal Siakam, who's developed this game also. 54% from the field and 50% Jake from threes. So the, both their guys, Siakam and Andre, Andre Kobe, both these guys are, are really knocked down three-point shooters. That's why the Raptors, they do a great job in player development. How about this, Coach? The Raptors right now are fifth in offensive rating at 111.8 and sixth in defensive rating at 103.4. If if you're that high in both of those categories, you're a really good basketball team. On both sides of the ball, which which translates to what? Where maybe sometimes in that particular game, you're not shooting well, but your defense carries you, or vice versa, when you're, 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 you're shooting well, but your defense has been what, uh, uh, sleepy that night. You put it both together, you have a chance to be in every game. Jake, both home and away. Oh, by the way, you mentioned earlier, the... Raptors and the 76ers undefeated at home. It's called 8-0. So when, if the Jazz win one of these games, it's going to be, it's going to be great because they will, they will knock out an undefeated, uh, undefeated team. Jake, also in the Eastern Conference, the Heat's undefeated at home, 7-0, and so are the Celtics. 7-0 undefeated. So there's four undefeated home teams in the NBA. They're all in the East Eastern Conference because you know why, Jake? The West is loaded. Yep. And the Jazz have to play two of those teams back-to-back, so that is not going to be easy Sunday or Monday. And there's no doubt that Nick Nurse has done one heck of a job with the uh, with the Toronto Raptors. He's he's a terrific coach, and you got to love his story. I mean, he's developed uh, uh, certainly as a coach, and he's he's just done one heck of a job with them. I know him very well. When I worked for the NBA as a coaching mentor, he coached the Iowa Energy. So I, I spent time with him. Also, he coached overseas in England. Right. And that he always tells the story that he's one of five, one of five children, all brothers. And so they used to fighting and, and, and craziness as far as house growing up. And he's old school. Jake, remember last year he played a high school zone versus the Warriors? Old school Hoosiers 2-3 zone. It's the most amazing thing. In the NBA Finals, it was so effective. Yep. So he's an innovator and he's not a, he knows who he is. All right, Coach, uh, give us a couple things you're taking from this win uh, over the Grizzlies before we put this baby to bed. Gritty. Mid-South win in Memphis. Beale Street right next door. The Jazz had a win. It wasn't artistic, but it was gritty. And Boyan Bondanovich, the Jazz resident flamethrower, he had it rolling right now. And the Jazz players uh, played right into it as far as helping him score. And they were the benefactor of it. Rudy Gobert. 
excellent game in the painted area, rebounding, uh, just patrolling the paint. And so it was a collective uh, energy by the Jazz in the second half. They refused to lose. All right, we want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone for calling all the action tonight. Terrific work by those uh, two, as usual. Thanks to the broadcast assistants who helped on tonight's broadcast. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. We want to thank our title sponsor of the Jazz Game Night postgame show. It's Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We want to say thank to you as well coach it's always a pleasure thanks for your normal fine work thanks jake 103 to 94 is your final the jazz beat the memphis grizzlies next game sunday against the toronto raptors that game will tip off at uh, four o'clock pregame coverage will begin at three and of course you'll hear it all right here on the jazz radio network